Hi, I'm Thomas Westbrook of Holy Kool-Aid, and I took a left at the valley. I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists, you know, we don't have non-astrologers and all that, but with the religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen, I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims, that's something to be ashamed, I'm an Coming at you from Cuttlefall Fall, BC, this is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin, and my, at my age, food has become more important than sex. That's why I've installed a mirror above my kitchen table. Oh my god. <laughs> Joining me as usual is a team that will tell you that haters are just confused admirers that can't figure out why everybody loves you. Yep. She knows that by the time a woman realizes her mother was right, she has a daughter who thinks she's wrong, Nancy. You've been sneaking in my brain again. <laughs> and as a child, her menu had two choices: take it or leave it. Christina. Yeah. Well, there sometimes there wasn't any take it. There was just nothing there. More like get it before there's none left. Yeah. Exactly. And her computer beat her at chess, but it was no match for her at kickboxing. Kirsten. Not with these legs. Nope. <laughs> Ladies, welcome back. Good to be here. Hope you had a great week. Of course, I have a puppy. How could it not be a great week? <sighs> We're just going to keep on hearing about uh, the puppy, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. Yeah, you she's are. She's adorable. Okay, you got 30 seconds. Get it out. Puppy. She's adorable. I already mentioned that. And she's wonderful and cuddly, and she loves me, and she's going to be an amazing service dog, and I'm so excited. And she's a miniature schnauzer, which means she'll be on the show, because she's probably going to be able to talk in yes. another two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So today we're going to be talking to Deborah McTaggart from the podcast Beyond the Trailer Park. We're going to be answering the letter that we see from one of our listeners, Daryl, about how men or what men should be able to do to try to make women feel a bit easier in a tense situation. But first, let's do a bit of chit-chat. We just had November 11th last weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, any thoughts on November 11th? I, I've got plenty. Um now, I know November 11th, Memorial Day, uh, is a bit of a sacred cow for Canadians. Um, I sure hope that most of the listeners out there, uh, in Canada anyway, uh, took the chance or to, to thank a veteran, you know, shake their hand, you know, thank you for the, him or her for their mm-hmm. service. I sure hope you guys had a, a chance to do that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of torn, though, because I almost wanted to do a rant about this last week. I, I, I've always used to go to the ceremony, you know, at 1111, mm-hmm. when you read out the names of the deceased and all that. And But I, I, I'm torn. I haven't gone there for a couple of years now. I, I skipped it again this year because of the religious overtones in the ceremony. It is blatantly Christian. And it's not because it's Christian. It, what, what bothers me about this is, of all the, the stat holidays that we have during the year, November 11th is probably the most Canadian one we have because it really is. It's not about, you know, you celebrate Christmas, but you're really celebrating gift giving. You celebrate Easter, but you're really celebrating chocolate eating. Mm-hmm. You know? But November 11th, it really is about remembering the fallen. Yeah. And I, I'm looking at the, uh, the a couple of years ago, I, last time I went to a ceremony and I was looking at that. And then, of course, you know, you kind of, oh, well, fine. They're going through the 
stupid bishop that's there trying to make some kind of Christmas, pr- uh, some uh, Christian prayer. And I'm looking on stage, and the the the, the members of the the military that are there for for for, this, for the ceremony, the veterans, and amongst them are not just white Caucasians. You have members of the Sikh religion, yeah, members would, of Hindus, Muslims, and 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 I thought I was found it terrible to see these these soldiers there, these brave soldiers, just being very classy and sitting on stage while some rambling Catholic or Christian priests ramble something about, you know, and them being completely mm-hmm. ignored. Are they not as Canadian as, as the rest of us? Well, do they only have a yes, Christian... Yes, it's yeah. only a Christian thing, and they, that they bothers me. So they don't have... <clears throat> no, there's no... They don't have anybody representing... No. Well, that's wrong. Besides the soldier on yeah. stage, there's, yeah. no, there's no... I don't know if there's like a Sikh priest or, or whatever. I, I'm not super familiar with Sikhism. Or uh, there's no imam that comes in there and does an invocation mm-hmm. or anything like that. So yeah. that really, really bothers me. And it, it bothers me to think that, at, like I said, the, the, the holiday is probably the most Canadian one because it really represents what we how we really feel about our veterans. And yet we have this gross oversight. Yeah, I is it, the, is it the Canadian Legion that sponsors? Yes. People? Maybe they need to be... Listen to me already, I'm taking charge here. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe they should be approached and um, brought to their attention, and perhaps there would be a change. They may, I mean, like a lot of other um, ceremonies, they may be totally oblivious. I think to, they are. And that's ignorance, and maybe they would be more responsive because they've already experienced seeing a diverse crowd there. Mm-hmm. And maybe one of the um, imams or one of the other you know, people from one of the other religious groups could be asked to speak. Yeah, well, I think you know, that's a big oversight. The, the best thing would be for if you ask for but an then imam, that becomes and more exactly, it becomes it but, becomes a, a huge religion. Yeah. You should have no religion in it whatsoever right. yeah. and honor all the fallen soldiers. Yeah, but the, I think I think the problem is with the legion is that it is run by a lot of the seniors out there, and I think they they focus a lot on World War One, World War Two. Yeah. but you have a lot of veterans now that are like from the Iraqi war mm-hmm. and stuff like that. They're, they're more modern veterans, if I can use that word. And, and these people are not necessarily Caucasian white Christian, yeah. you know, and they fought just as bravely as any other Canadian would. So really what you're saying is that you have a ceremony that's irrelevant to these times. I think so. I think it needs to be modernized yeah, I, and I, I you agree. need to kick the religion out yeah. of that ceremony. You yeah, really do. I agree. And in, in, in the name of equality mm-hmm. and integrity because if you, if you can't integrate a soldier from a different faith because of your religion in our country then what what exactly do we stand for you know are these soldiers finding out there uh, is this uh, I can't remember I can't help but think of this Sikh soldier with his turban there is he going out there and fighting and shooting people and risking his life so that we can continue being Christian here in Canada no no that's not what he's doing this for he's doing this for because what Canada represents so do you have any ideas on how to affect change well, I think I might write a sternly written letter or something like that to to them at the Legion there. I might actually try to get involved at some point. I don't know what I'm going to do, but mm-hmm. it might not take... Well, if you decide and want to I mean, go, you, I'll, I'll go with you. You've got assassin contacts. Can't you, <laughs> just, can't you just eliminate I'll, a couple I'll go people? with you. 
Okay. I think if we if I, I think if it's approached in a positive way, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Uh, they may indeed be open to having other speakers talk about their experiences with war or how it's taken a toll on on their uh, community mm-hmm. in Canada. Uh, just to change it. Um, yeah, I. I'll, we'll, I'll, we'll have I'll to see if we you. can follow on that. I'll, I'll follow up with you for sure. Okay. Um, did you guys hear that cannabis, speaking of pot, you know, we did a show about Hell pot yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the early data, now it's been legal for just about a month now. The early data is, is suggesting that there is no spike in uh, pot impaired driving. Surprise. So, I'm not surprised. Well, they, were, they were actually concerned about that. Well, I would think that the people who smoke pot beforehand are the same people that are yeah. smoking Pot. Now, I don't think there's Pretty been, much. you know, a huge increase of yeah. people that, well, because it's legal, they suddenly decided to go from little old ladies to little old pot smokers. And mm-hmm. anyone who didn't smoke before because it was illegal isn't going to drive now because it's illegal. Yeah. Like, yeah. if they followed the law in not smoking it because yeah. it was an illegal substance, they aren't going to be like, oh, well, it's legal now, so I'm going to break this other law that's more serious so i'm already liking that the fact that one month into legalization of cannabis we're already debunking some of the myth i'm already liking that so let's mm-hmm. keep it let's keep it up yeah do some scientific studies guys did you like guys some science did you guys hear about this company in the states called ben shot no uh it's in the hornville in wisconsin they gave their employees a christmas bonus the christmas bonus was guns Oh, my God. Oh, yes, I did hear about that. <laughs> For their, quote, personal safety. Are you serious? Well, the company makes bulletproof glassware, right? <laughs> so the employees must take a safety course before getting the gun. Okay, but that's, that's awesome. the Well, I, in a way, yes. But still, <laughs> all the gifts. It was, it was really something because when the, when the photo was posted along with the fact that they got the gun. You've got, I guess there were about 25 people in the photo yeah. Yeah. smiling yeah, and holding. They're, they're so guns. proud of the fact mm-hmm. for personal safety. Well, as long as they got, like, training? They and did. They, yeah, they, was, that, yeah, that, yeah. I have no problem you, with people yeah, having your guns company, if they're trained. Your company's making bulletproof glass. Yeah. Would it be simpler to just give them bulletproof windows as a bonus yeah. or something like that for you? I house? feel like that would have been an even better Christmas been, bonus. Yes, yeah. that would have made more sense. Mm-hmm. What? So, yeah. See, see, only with, in the US. With this, I, I would actually, I have no problem with them getting guns. Well, in one sense, no, but in the other, it's like it's still promoting more guns yes. on the street. Yeah. And more guns, you know, for the good guys with guns versus the bad guys. I I definitely think that the fact that they got and like a training course Mm -hmm. with their guns should have been more prominent. That's responsible in the like articles and stuff, because that is should go hand in hand with gun ownership. Well, it's not like they give gave someone a gun who's like has like really bad anxiety that. And, like, has a grudge. (laughs) Anyway, let's not open the gun debate because God knows we'll be here forever. Uh, (laughs) Did you guys hear that there's a conservative MP? His name is Brad Trust. He accepted the endorsement of a hate preacher. Boy. So the hate preacher says that gays are the servants of Satan. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Oh, my God. This is an MP from Saskatoon. He went to uh, Rebel Media. You know Rebel Media? That failed... Fox News North. Yes, my, my sister, when we were talking, would send me tons of their stuff. I'm like, look how amazing these people are. I'm like, fucking yeah. kill me. <laughs> so the so the uh, the uh, 
the the state preacher is named Arthur Apolowski, and he's got he's had many run-ins with the law for preaching hate and gays and mm-hmm. gays are evil and all that stuff, and we should eliminate them. So, in that yeah, so it's not just in the states that no. the conservatives kind of have this kind of stupid moment. Yeah. But I, too, I will say, in Canada, we look at it a lot more disapprovingly. <laughs> yes, oh, yes. <laughs> yes. So. In the states, if this happened, no one would care. It would every other purse, per, every other politician is endorsed by hate preachers. Yes. But in Canada, we're like, um, that's insane. Don't do that. I, th- I think in the in the States, they would basically say freedom of speech, and it's fine. Yeah. But up here, it's like, no, this is hate speech, exactly. and you're not allowed to do that. Well, I, I think, think that makes the difference. To, to your point, and I don't know whether this is on your chit-chat, and I'm just stepping in it, but to your point, there was a, um, we have the, we've talked about SOGI up mm-hmm. here, the, the program in, um, public schools that helps to promote um, under- Body, bodily understanding, of, understanding. With, with gay and, and transgender people and, and uh, get rid of some of the, the bullying. Mm-hmm. Well, at one of the anti-SOGI meetings, a um, director of one of the autism um, groups in, I think it's a government-sponsored autism group in Vancouver, she attended an anti-SOGI yes. meeting and she was fired the next week Good. because that doesn't align with the yeah. inclusivity uh, yeah. that has to do. So, I mean, it, it was um, in a blink of an eye. This is wrong. You knew it. You shouldn't have mm-hmm. been there. You're out. Yeah. So uh, you're, yeah. you're right. I do think that we take action um, for things like that yeah. a lot, a lot faster and, and justifiably so. We've been talking a lot about, ever since Trump, especially about fake news. And this is this is a... A horrible little story that came out of Patheos. Uh, two men in Mexico were burned to death by a mob what? due to fake news. What? They accused them of being child kidnappers. And this oh, is Jesus in a- Catalan in Puebla, in uh, Mexico there. This, and they, these people, are, these guys are actually in the police station, okay? And despite the police saying that there was, there was no evidence and they were basically minor offenders, the message from the spread from the app, the WhatsApp, accused them of being child kidnappers and organ trafficking. Right, and the mob formed pitchforks and torches, basically pulled them out of the police station and burned them. Oh my god! This is the danger of fake news. This is the danger of fake news. I mean, it it, it doesn't take much for a crowd to rally like that, and well, yeah, especially just like a bunch of angry monkeys in a way. Especially once you, if you get that mob mentality yes, going. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's a shame the police yeah. weren't able. The, to... the police weren't yeah. overpowered by a mob, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. they, they couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So this is anyway. We're not going to elaborate too much on that. It's like but going this back is... to the Salem witch exactly. hunt in the 1600s. Exactly. Um, did you guys hear that some Chinese road workers found a dinosaur nest? <gasps> yes. With forty-three eggs in Heiwan, oh, province of Guangdong. I didn't know there were that many yes, eggs. There's oh, so many. It's much more than that, actually. It's uh, they're about five inches in diameter, so they're good size eggs. Wow. And uh, they be- they believe they belong to an over-raptor duck-billed dinosaur. Nice. nice. I the- see a sci-fi movie coming. <laughs> <laughs> this city is actually well known as the home of the dinosaurs because oh. so far they've discovered seventeen thousand. Wow. Eggs in that in that city. That's awesome. What was different about this this pack is they actually found the eggs in the, in the the city square essentially in the center. Can't of the you city. see a really great animated movie based on <laughs> dinosaurs that, uh, hatching, taking over? But they'd be so cute. <laughs> they'd start out looking really cute. <laughs> 
nothing like a cuddly dinosaur to start your day, right? How they lure you in. Exactly. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, I gotta mark the passing of legendary comic book writer Stan Lee. Yes. yes. Welcome, true believers and newcomers alike. Thus ends our tale. For now, we hope you enjoyed our scintillating saga of nefarious villains scheming and spectacular hero daring do. But until next time, true believers, Excelsior! Excelsior indeed, Stan. Thank you so much for the memories. Yeah. Uh... What can you say about this man? I mean, <laughs> this is a comic book writer. He was a superstar. Yeah, but superheroes are part of our culture and they are part now. of our fantasy and part of who we are in many, many ways. And he knew it, and he was creative enough to build an empire on it. And he looked so sympathetic, that guy. I mean, all the cameos, all the movies, I never, never got to meet him personally, but he looks so sympathetic. I mean, you see Stan Lee, you think... I want to sit down and chat with the guy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he looked like your grandpa you just love. Mm-hmm. Would have been wonderful to have been able to interview him, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, but I'm not sure this, the scope of this show would have fit this. <laughs> I mean, what do you interview Stanley about? I'm not sure if he was religious or not, or if how he felt Well, about- if you had been to a... A, an event of some kind mm-hmm. had gotten him. Yeah, that would have been that, interesting. I'm talking because you're good at that, you know. That would that would have been interesting. No, would I, I would have, I would have liked to meet the guy, but you know, I, yeah. he's. Um, I think he 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 points out one of the things that we love most about as a species is we love storytellers. We love we, we love of course in the atheist movie we love scientists and Dan and all that, but we're all naturally attracted to storytellers. Mm-hmm. It's one of the greatest things we ever did as a species. We love a good storyteller, and he was that. He was exactly that, you know. So. Thank you so much for the memories, Mr. Lee. And I hope you, uh, wherever you are, right? (laughs) Excelsior for sure. (laughs) All right. Moving on. My dear Nancy, you got a top ten for us? I sure do. Okay. A lot of people this time of the year try to think of getaways for the winter. Oh. And, yeah, so they... They ask their friends where to go, and they start looking at lists, and everything looks great. So this is a list of the top ten places that are so overhyped, avoid them. <laughs> and you may yes. not realize oh, how overhyped <laughs> they are, but here we go. They're in no particular order, because one person's one is another person's six. So here we go. The first one to avoid, according to Architectural Digest, and most of these are from Architectural Digest. Digest. Interesting. Yeah, is Cancun, Mexico. Really? Really. They say that it used to be a a good destination back in the 90s, and it's still growing a little bit in uh, popularity, according to Booking.com, but um, it's kind of lounging around and guzzling watered-down margaritas and baking in the sun, but it's not all that much fun anymore. There's just not the I went to Cancun a few years ago. Yeah, it has so many other amazing places to visit. This is kind of becoming, you know, um, sort of a, a watered, watered-down version of why you want to go to Mexico, and it's getting kind of overcrowded and more tourists than than the culture as well. You know, now that you, now that you mention it, 
you know, when I did go to Mexico, I didn't really spend much time at all in Cancun. I actually yeah. was outside exploring the pyramids. I mean, some people will still enjoy it. Yeah. It's just Maybe, that right compared to where to the, what it was, mm-hmm. it's just you know not as much fun. But mm-hmm. if that's your thing, go ahead. You no, know, no, I'm time. I'm I'm an explorer. I like to do stuff. Yeah, and here's here's one that kind of surprised me in a way, Las Vegas. Hmm. Oh, I'm not surprised. No, I'm not surprised. City. <laughs> Vegas and, is way overhyped. Yeah, and the um, it, it, amazingly enough, um, Las Vegas has become suicide capital. Really? really? Yeah. Well, everyone goes and blows their money, and yeah. they're just like, yeah. wow, my life is over. <laughs> but 43 million people visited last year. That's according to the Convention of Visitors Authority. But the um, it, it's not the way it used to. It's not the way it used to was. Sorry to sound like a little old dumpy lady here, but the clubs and casinos are becoming overpriced, the crowds are yes. an annoyance, yeah. um, and the reality just can't live up to the hype. Have you been there? Has anybody been I've there? I've been through Vegas several times, and frankly, I, I don't see the attraction to it at all. I mean, the only thing I find interesting about uh, Vegas is you can do things there that you could not really do anywhere else. For example, there is a place, like for example, where you can take a, a Lamborghini and race it around the track uh-huh. for like a few laps. It'll cost you 500 bucks. But in my lifetime, when am I ever mm-hmm. going to be able to do that? Never. Yeah. Exactly. That's the one thing I like. The casinos, the lights and all that is like, ah, oh, it's way over. I don't see the attraction to it at all. I'm, well, I'm not a gambler. I spend 20 bucks and I raise an eyebrow and say, do I really need to be yeah. here? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if you want to go someplace that's over the top and you're surrounded by a zillion other people all yeah. trying to do yeah. the same thing at once, it's, it's it's really better to get out of Las Vegas and go to Boulder City and places around there. Do you, do you think that the part of the hype about Vegas was all these movies like the James Bond, the casino setting, Ocean's Eleven and all that stuff, you know, how the glamour. Do you think that really helped... Maybe overhype uh, what Vegas actually is. A little bit, I mean, but I, I think... I never the, see a lot of... I never see Brad Pitt in a tux walking by me, but I see a guy bending over puking. Yeah. yeah. He's, I mean... It's also too I, hot. I, I, I I think, speaking to that, I think part of it is the architecture of Las Vegas. When you you go into some of these casinos and, and, and they're so over-the-top oh, yeah. luxurious just to be able to walk around in them I guess is oh yeah such and such movie was made here and now it's recognizable yeah it's it's, it's, it's a city of excess and it's a city yeah. that really if it wasn't for the millions of dollars that are pouring in there just to keep it yeah. going would just become a ghost out in no time Oh yeah, it was it, it, at one time in my in my healthy long existence. As you know, <laughs> it was part of my sales territory. So I saw the other side of. Oh okay. I saw the other side of Las Vegas. That's too, when you were dating Dean Martin, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> what, that's that. Oh, he didn't. He wouldn't have hit the family. He but, was never the same after you guys broke no, up. No, no, the family doesn't want that. Anyway, here we go. <laughs> this is interesting to me. Niagara Falls is overhyped. Really? I, I, I could agree with that. Yeah. It's kind of all you can do is go look at the falls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there again, it's the, um, the staying at hotels has become overpriced. Not all of them are really appealing. Um, there are a lot of people wearing ponchos, carrying cameras. And, you know, you're, you're kind of caught up in trying to n- navigate the, the crowds mm-hmm. rather than enjoying mm-hmm. the view. But 
Um, there's an, another falls that's supposed to be really nice in Portland, Oregon, called Multamona. Um, I can't even say Maltimano? it. Multamona Falls. Anybody know of those? No, I'm not familiar with it. Yeah. Okay, here's another one that's interesting. Dubai. Oh, I can yeah. see that. Yeah. Yeah, I have no... Anybody got... <laughs> I, I've never been, but knowing everything that happens in Dubai and, like, what it's yeah. built on with it's the, the uh, slavery and shit, I'm like, no, thank you. It's the Middle East. It's the Middle Eastern no, version you. of Vegas. Yeah, it's supposed to be... Exactly. It's supposed to be, like, a non-place of a city. And um, not everybody agrees that it's, that it's a, a non-place, but uh, some people, you know hate the hate the article because it brings a lot of money and that's you know the tourists and so forth exactly. but um at any rate choose someplace else <laughs> it's a it's a place that is so excessive they actually have excessive. in there in dubai there is actually a an underground ski hill what they put artificial snow underground you can actually ski in dubai because there's no way you could do it outside yeah right? yeah so it's 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 like that's crazy. It's pointless. Why Why invest so much money to do this? For if you're going to go people, ski, yeah. go ski for real. Surprisingly, here's the next one is Moscow. And surprisingly, Moscow. people are going because they feel it's a really interesting destination. But politically, you wonder whether or not if yeah, you no, go thank you. And, you know, <laughs> you suddenly do something that they don't approve of, whether or not you're going to be able to get on the plane to come home. That would be one Well, for they, you. I yeah. mean, how many people did you kill in Moscow anyway? Yeah, uh, hey, you got a lot of contracts. Yeah. There's no proof. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Evidence. The comments of Kevin are not necessarily those. <laughs> yeah, I have to be careful with facial recognition a lot of places <laughs> that I go. Um, interestingly enough, Orlando, Florida. Oh, yeah, of course. Really? Where Disneyland is. and they oh, had, yeah. Uh, they had 113 million visitors last year um, in Florida, and 66 million of them went to Central Florida. The problem, have you, has anybody been to Orlando? No. no. It is hot and sweaty yes. and yeah. swampy. It is really... So basically un- hell It's, it's uncomfortable. It's just really... Un- I mean, people who live there... It's just going to get worse to it, now. But when you go, and you go especially during the summer, it is... Well, it climate is change is just going to get worse. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just yeah. going to get And the lines, you know... That's I why mean, you go it, in November. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, if, if standing in line and sweating is your idea of a lot of fun, and, and you know, the, you, you've got kids that want to go... Of more power to you, but um, at Christmas the hotels are only at fifty-three percent occupancy at Christmas, so maybe a good maybe a good maybe time. A good to time go. yeah. Kind of the best time to go is in the off season. Exactly. Well, that's what I did when I went to Mexico. I went for the Christmas week. It was best damn thing I ever did. You know, I awesome. told everybody, don't invite me to Christmas parties. Don't buy me gifts. I'm out of here. <laughs> best damn thing I ever did. It was yeah. a relaxing week of vacation. That's awesome. Which is what you want. It's exactly yeah. what I wanted. Moving down, Pisa with the leaning tower <laughs> of Pisa. They still haven't straightened and, that and thing it, out. No, it's a lot of people have a leaning tower on their bucket list, mm-hmm. so they go and then once they get there, it's a very small town and there's not a whole lot to do mm-hmm. except again fighting mm-hmm. all of the crowds who are all trying to take the same photograph. Yeah. Same picture of you holding the tower before it falls. Yeah, yeah holding know. it up. My friend Allie is was there just, just there. recently. <laughs> Actually, she did get a picture with the tower i think and there wasn't a, a lot of people there oh really huh. yeah i hear that usually that there's like a lineup to just to climb it's just it's a very short and uh narrow tower and i hear there's a lineup to climb up to the top of the tower yeah 
Interestingly enough, Booking.com um, says that Christmas week the hotels are at 34% nice. occupancy. So maybe that's when that's yeah. when you're. That might be why it's because she's there right now. Yeah. Or she's in the area. Also, yeah. Italy is expensive to fly there. It really is. Yeah. It's, not, it's not a cheap flight to go to. I mean, if you're going to Tuscany and that's part of the tour anyway, you know, you can be in and out. Mm-hmm. But just to go because that's a destination. Yeah, yeah. that's definitely not the Sorry only reason that. why she's there. I was talking to a, a couple of, of Italians. People? I was shocked to hear that one of the big problems they have in Italy, snakes. Really? Apparently, there are huh. thousands of vipers and snakes. You step wow. on them almost. Oh my gosh! And oh. it's not the first thing that comes to mind at all when you think of no. it. No. Apparently, it's a huge problem. That's wild. Okay, here's here's one that came as a as a surprise: Nashville, Tennessee. Mm. People really? really used to go, you know, because it was built on uh, country music, uh, and yeah, things like yeah. that. Well, that was there's your problem. <laughs> I've a I've a. My sister lives near Nashville. Yeah, but now supposedly again, and and the main problem with all of these that that were on the list is that there's too many tourists. <laughs> so and and that's you know that's a problem, especially if you want to go to any of these little bars, you mm-hmm. know, that have country music. You, you know, it's it's well, hard to you, get in. You can't go to these bars because if it's built on country music, you know full well that you've lost your dog, your pickup's broken down, and you've been run out of town. So Nashville's got nothing essentially at this point. No, it doesn't. Everybody's been run I'm out of town. I'm also not huge on country music. Now, the, <laughs> the countryside around Nashville is gorgeous. Mm. That's more interesting. I mean, you can go mm-hmm. through Nashville, but then take the time to to take the, the tour group. around. Oh, the scenery is just Just don't do it wonderful. in uh, tornado season. Yeah. <laughs> Are they in Tornado Alley? Nashville? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't think Nashville uh, is, but in, in Tennessee. Where my sister is, they're in yeah, Tornado, tornado Alley. Alley. Nashville. Are they in Tornado Alley? Not, um, not the city of Nashville. Gee, I don't... Well, Tornado Alley is not, yeah. not a small thing. It's pretty wide. It's, and, of course, with climate change now, they're starting to see well, tornadoes goes, up here. Yeah, Tornado Alley goes pretty much through um, Houston, Dallas... You know, and up through. Yeah, it up goes. The it center. goes from Texas, and it goes on the uh, north, uh, northeast the angle all the yeah. way up. It's coming almost to Ottawa now. They're starting I mean, to see tornadoes around Toronto. Yes, wow. climate change, right? Uh, there are people. I mean, there are people. There are states getting tornadoes that never got them mm-hmm. before. So it, it's so are we now could. in the country now. They're starting to. They, they have to. They're, they're starting to build a tornado alert system here in the country in Canada. Wow. Well, it's that's good. Yes. Well, yeah, yes, but it we didn't, no, it's not because it's we didn't been, used to have them. It's good that we're building a system. Oh, yeah, it's bad that yeah. we need this system. Sorry, Nancy, okay, I here's one that, that I agree with 100,000%, the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it used to be they had some of the really classic actors and you can put your hands down and put your feet and see how, But now anybody, I mean, you, we could have, we could be on the walk if we get on there we're going <laughs> but if we're if we're not there i don't see, i mean there's so many other things to do well donald and, trump got a star so i'm not sure that's so much of a walk of fame yeah. it's more of a walk of shame now so okay last one and i can understand this one although it's kind of sad to me is stonehenge because oh. it's it's attracted people you know through <laughs> the through the decades oh. and it's an ancient wonder and and it's been in sci-fi movies and you know pseudoscience babble you know it, it talks about it quite a bit but the problem is is that 
it's all fenced off. And it's you right can't next get to a in highway. There. You can't, you're at a distance <laughs> because they don't want any damage yeah. to mm-hmm. occur. So it's, it's always like, what happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like you got to stand there like you're at a zoo, you yeah. know, yeah. trying to look at the panther. And well, it's also right next to a major highway. Yeah. <laughs> when I went when I went to Mexico, I, funny. I couldn't climb Chichen Itza because of that. They've closed the site down because too much damage from the tourists. So I went to Egbalam, and they were already starting to talk about it because the even damage. though they hadn't finished excavating the yeah. site, tourists come in and they take a piece of the wall or oh whatever. And they take it with, Yeah, exactly. So it's a problem. So where would you avoid? Let's see. Well, you know, I read this wonderful article, which I think it was in the Beaverton, so we know how serious that was, <laughs> about uh, how they were having a problem with Stonehenge because it's supposed, supposedly supposed to be a Druid timepiece, mm-hmm. and they had, because of daylight savings time, they had to set the clock back in that <laughs> One city I'm actually surprised wasn't on there is actually Dublin. Actually, Dublin made the list. Um, uh, oh, just lower kind of down, down, you know, farther down. Further down. It depends on the list that you're looking at. Yeah. But, but Dublin and uh, where the, dar- the parts of Ireland, like the Blarney Stone, mm-hmm. that's that's, yeah. uh, that's I, just too much hype. I hear that all the time. I don't know. Uh, quick uh, parentheses here. Um, we're we're all Caucasians here. Um, I don't know if you got some Irish ancestry, but everybody seems to be wanting to go to Scotland and Ireland, and I can't understand for the oh, life of me why. it's green. Have you seen, seen it? It's so pretty. It rains all yeah. the time. Okay, okay. It's well, you're, you're an oddball. <laughs> but I mean, for us, the, the rest... Scenery. The scenery? It's gorgeous. Yeah. Rolling green hills. That, yeah. Wouldn't you want to go to the Amazon for scenery? Uh, no. Do you know how many animals can kill you in the Amazon? Well, <laughs> have you been to an Irish pub? A and lot of people also, will kill you in there, too. Also, in the Amazon, you never get to see it rain. It always rains at night. I want just Okay, you're an, you're an oddball for us, normal people. And I want to ride, go on a trail ride for three days along do, the cliffs I and by the ocean. I frankly don't see mm, the attraction yes, to, to uh, Ireland or Scotland. And the music I is amazing. I frankly don't. And the people are awesome. And you get to listen to those wonderful accents. Yeah. No, it is. It's gorgeous. I've not been there, but my cousin's been there. Top of my bucket list. I'm sorry, ladies. You're you're not. You're not making your sale here. You're not selling me this. That's okay. It's not working. I'm not trying to. (laughs) So, oops. I think the thing that we can learn from this is don't go to the places that are really, really popular, and they're like, oh, like top ten places to go before you die. Go to the surrounding area. Yeah, yeah. It's and go in the off season if you are going to those popular places. Yeah, there, like if you a, want the English experience, you don't go necessarily to go to London. Oh Spend gosh, a day no. there, but then it's in the countryside that you get yeah. the real English. But, but yeah. there, there is a list, um, and I thought it was really interesting, but I chose to do this this list instead. And that list is, if you want to go here, go there instead. instead. And it depends if you're looking for the architecture or the mm-hmm. scenery, and it lists the ones that are overhyped, and um, you, so you get underwhelmed yeah. to places that are very similar, don't get as many tourists, and it's a lot more fun mm-hmm. and, and easier to go. So mm-hmm. you're right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we now know where to avoid. We're just going to find places we want to go Exactly. Now. Maybe your next list should be that. Ten tourist destinations. Well, we did. We, we did we some during the year, different places to go. Mm-hmm. But we'll find another. We'll I just want to go to like Norway and Sweden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Sorry, in the yeah. summer when there's not too much snow, so you can actually get around. Yeah. But. All right. Scandinavia all the way. My dear Kirsten, do you have a nice story for us? Never. <laughs> They're never I, nice. I have an interesting story for you. Religious people never create nice things. <laughs> It's another brilliant moment. 
<laughs> Brought to you I'm by so religion. Mean. Yes, so, you are me. So I've got some bad news for anyone that likes yoga. <gasps> no, not yoga. Yoga. Don't practice yoga because you'll end up demon possessed. Oh. At least according to mega church pastor John Lindell. Damn <laughs> demons! You know demons are pretty flexible. Yeah. That's why they like yoga. Yeah. Gotta, now I gotta take my yoga pants. They like back their to hosts the store. being limber. <laughs> you know full well you're possessed if you got Lululemon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and while surely not intentional, this comes about. This statement comes about a week after a gunman shot and killed two people who were taking a yoga class. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um. Lindell told the attendees of James River Church in Ozark, Missouri, which has a congregation of about 10,500 people, that the positions in yoga were created with demonic intent to open you up to demonic power because Hinduism (laughs) is demonic. Well, you see, when you do downward dog and you bend over, you're putting your butt up in the air and you open yourself for demon penetration right there. Oh, Totally. The funny thing Demons is, love anal. Is this, this like, idea isn't actually very rare in Christianity. No, that's the worst part of it, isn't my, it? My cousin, who I lived with for a while, like, she she wanted to do yoga, but she's like, oh, but, like, the history is Hindu, and, like, I don't know if, like, God would approve. And I'm just like, oh, wow. <laughs> Yet you do reflexology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lindell said the sun salutation, a common sequence of positions in yoga, is meant to worship Surya, the Hindu sun god. To say the positions of yoga are no more than exercise are tantamount to saying water baptism is just aqua aerobics, Lindell said. (laughs) Well, it's aqua submersion. There's no aerobics involved. (laughs) Well, water baptisms are kind of aqua aerobics if you don't believe in baptisms. And if you aren't Hindu, then whatever religious connotations may exist in yoga are meaningless, too. It's exercise and stretching. At worst, it's cultural appropriation. This is where you see Christian hypocrisy, because, you know, in this one breath, you have this guy who thinks yoga is demonic. But in the other breath, I will show you easily, I can pull it up, where they have this um, uh, preacher doing Christoga. What? The Christian version what? of yoga, right? Oh, Christ you yoga. Stand and like with your arms out. Yeah, you do the sign of the cross the whole oh thing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, man. So, this is another great example of Christian hypocrisy at its yeah. best. I kind of like that whole Christ yoga. Yeah, thing. I think so. It would make a t shirt. I feel like Please. I would shorten it to Kroga. Or just, or, no. Christ, or just Christ toga. Christ toga. <laughs> Have a toga party you, with Jesus. You can like okay. do yoga that acts out like. Beating him with like a whip or something. <laughs> I, ju- I love all of these things that Kirsten brings up that are marketing opportunities. <laughs> I think so too. We have missed at least my a real dozen plan. Really good marketing opportunities. This is for our audience. Audience out there, you well, you have you have these opportunities. <laughs> Go for it, man. You're making a fortune, and just don't forget us when you're rich. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but for the vast majority of yoga pra- practitioners, at least of the basic white girl variety, <laughs> it's about the health benefits rather than anything spiritual. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's more about like being in tune with yourself and meditation and shit like that. Yeah. In his notes from the sermon, Lindell includes several Bible verses pertaining to the evils of witchcraft, which is <laughs> flat out ridiculous considering yoga's origins. It has nothing to do with witchcraft. Lindell said himself that yoga is a Hindu practice and Hinduism isn't witchcraft. Christmas has more to do with witchcraft. 
Maybe he should, you know, talk to some Hindus before going on a misinformed rant about it. No, but that's really no. not no. the Christian way, is it? Yeah, that's not the Christian way no. at all. <laughs> and by the way, if he really has a problem with anything that has pagan origins, he's going to be shocked to learn about Christmas and Easter. Exactly. <laughs> he is going to exactly. be shocked. Which, of course, our Christmas special is coming up. We'll make sure to point those out. Yes. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh, yo. And speaking of Christmas, you know, Jesus was really limber. <laughs> Liberty Council, the religious right hate group, has once again released its annual Naughty and Nice list. Oh, oh. I'm just hoping that this show features on the list. AKA <laughs> the friend or foe list, telling Christians where they ought to shop over the winter. Oh, <laughs> no, so anything on the naughty list is where we need to shop. <laughs> All right, so the nice list includes companies that promote Christmas by name and Jesus. The naughty list includes companies that say happy holidays because they silence and censor Christmas. So people who are inclusive and understanding that a lot of different religions still exist around the holidays. Yeah, everybody grab your pencil. We're going to get the naughty list. And the night, yeah. And the nice stores are rewarded by the Liberty Council for treating Christians like the special snowflakes they can be. (laughs) You know what I would love to do if I had a lot of money? I would get Starbucks coffee cups made. You know, and I would just sneak him into a Starbucks, but they all have like satanic verses on them oh or something my like gosh. that. Or no, no, no. just no, to no, see. No. Get, get ones that are are just white when they're cold. But when you get like do it, so when you, they get warm, they like it's Satan on it. Oh, that'd be hilarious. That's it's a bit more elaborate than a. This is like a coffee mug. <laughs> do that yeah. kind of stuff. Sneak them in. <laughs> so it's really interesting to see how short this list actually is. And now what I've included here isn't the entire list. Um, but it's not as long as you would think it is. Who do we think is going to be on there? All right. Well, I think Target's going to be on the, the, the good list. I hope Target's on the good list. Okay. Nice list. So these Hobby are people Lobby. we don't shop at. So these are companies that recognize <laughs> and celebrate celebrate Christmas. By now, name and Hobby Jesus. Lobby. Well, duh. Now, watch what you're saying there, because you might be surprised. Actually, you won't be. Okay, these are the places I can't buy. So, this is the like nice this. list. American Eagle Outfitters. Okay, don't like them anyways. Oh, really? Bath and Body Works. Don't like them either. You certainly like their soap that we have in our bathroom. I is wonder that, if they know they're on the nice bath list. Bath and Body? I thought that was, uh, what's it called? No, I you get into these shops. You think these companies know they're on some Christian? No, they probably <laughs> don't care. Oh, that's true. For some of these on the list that they actually have a link to, they actually have the phone number so you can call them and tell them how great they are about it. Okay, so... Um, Best Buy. Oh, come on, Best Buy. You're better than this. Hallmark. Okay, yeah, but they're they're very religious. Hobby Lobby. Of course. The Home Depot. Really? Good thing I shop at Rona. Well, there's a really... The guy who's in... Oh, God, is Rona on here, too? The guy who's the head of Home Depot is a Trump supporter. Yeah, yeah. J.C. Penney. Okay. Uh, Kirkland's. Kirkland's. Oh, God, is that... Is that Rona? No, Kirkland is a no, brand for Costco. Uh, Costco. That's yeah. Costco. <gasps> God damn it, Costco. Kmart. God damn it. Kmart still exists. Oh, uh, in America. Yeah. Lowe's, which I believe owns Rona now. God damn. Macy's. Sorry for my language, people. Uh, but. Sears. Staples. Dead. Sears is dead. Oh, it's Staples. And, yeah, Staples. No. 
And not surprisingly, Walmart. Okay, I don't like them anyways. Okay, but they don't endorse the right. They don't openly endorse no. the right wing. No, it's their Besides very, the they use They're their the like favorites. Merry Christmas yeah. and rather right. than going for the happy holidays. Yeah. Okay, now. And my question would be, are those companies that like specifically, like it's not just, oh, this is how it's always been. So we're just going to keep saying it or like, okay, we want to promote Christianity. I don't think it's so much just promoting Christianity. I think that's just the way I they're kind of looking some into of it. Them probably. Oh, are. absolutely, like, some of them. Like I'm the ones have I to didn't look into the staples and be like, staples. Do I have to? Stop I can lying from you? show you the actual list because okay. it gives like a little snippet and I description like about it. I shop at Staples a lot. Actually, I don't have a real problem with it. I mean, it's they're trying to make a profit from the season, and it's yeah. You know, it's, like it's, I don't think this is like overly Christian, rather they're, than they're very unless their profits are actually going to hate groups. Yeah, on the yeah. Right. yeah. So at any rate, okay, that's that's like the, so, that's a good list. All right, now here's, here's where we're actually going to shop. Here's the naughty list. Barnes and Noble. Okay. Once again books. on the naughty list. Books. Again. Okay. Again. I love books. Gap Inc., which includes Gap, Old Navy, and Banana Republic. Okay. Okay. Target. Yay. Yay. Walgreens. Okay. Huh. Academy Sports and Outdoors. Never heard of them. Burlington Coat Factory. Never heard of them either. They used to be good, but they're not anymore. Dick's Sporting Goods. <laughs> oh, they they actually stopped selling guns. Oh, Did they? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Yep. J. Crew Outfitters. Never heard of them. The Limited. Never heard of them. The Loft. Never heard of them. <laughs> like I said, it's a surprisingly short list. This is actually all the ones on the naughty list. Oh, sad. Uh-huh. Lord and Taylor. What is that? Right Taylor's a pharmacy. very high-end women's store ah. in the states. And TJ Maxx. Oh, oh wow. okay. And that's the entirety of their naughty list. Not hmm. as long as you would think it no, would be. No, it isn't. So they're more secular in their approach or more inclusive, inclusive. in terms of saying holidays rather than They're Christmas more likely to be like happy holidays right. and things more like that mm-hmm. and be more kind of a little bit for everyone rather than just yeah. Merry Christmas so, and Jesus the, and like... So they're, the they're very likely to get a visit from Joshua Furenstein with his so, red hat well, and saying how horrible they are. Yeah, well, maybe they have things for Hanukkah and things for mm-hmm. Kwanzaa. And are are maybe these... They, yeah. The the in their policies, the, these are the, probably the companies that specifically state you have to say this to the customers. Probably they have like policy and. Like, I don't know if they can actually do that. Can they? Can well, you actually force your employee to say Merry Christmas? Well, you can like have like a policy of like, okay, this is how we we want to greet everybody. Yeah, yeah, you can have a suggested yeah. policy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like including everybody and making it kind of more open mm-hmm. for like all the people rather than just the very typical Merry Christmas where some people might not go by Merry Christmas. It's kind of a little bit into the whether you say Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays during the season. You know what you have to do now? You have to go to one of these stores like Hobby Lobby and do some demon yoga in there (laughs) and really have their mind blown. So just go to work? Bellingham, (laughs) which is 40 minutes to the south, just opened a Hobby Lobby and I was appalled to think that they're still expanding. And I, I go by there, and I can't even look. I, I try not to have <laughs> acknowledge my, them. Well, did you guys hear that? <laughs> we didn't, we didn't talk about this, but we should have talked about this. Did you guys hear about the, uh, uh, the owners of Hobby Lobby purchased what they thought were uh, remnants of the, uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls? <gasps> yes. And they turned the, the Dead Sea Scrolls. Oh. And they turned yeah. out to be fake. Yeah. Serves them right. <laughs> No, really? They're fake? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Shock. Oh, well. 
Thank you, ladies. And when we come back, we'll be talking to Deborah McTaggart of Beyond the Trailer Park. So stay with us. A Canadian, a New Yorker, and a Southern Belle walked into a podcast. And all hell broke loose. Seriously, though, what happens when we three ladies get together? Well, definitely a lot of talking. And accents. Funny accents. Well, I don't have an accent, but my co-hosts sure do. We mix North, South, and the Great White North together for two hours of pure secular discussion. Nothing is off-limits. From goofy religions like Scientology, woo like ghost hunting and alternative medicine, to hardcore history, hermeneutics, sex, and science, we cover it all. What the heck is a hermeneutic? Well, it's not a guy named Herman who sings falsetto, that's for sure. Join Beth, Ashley, and myself, Deborah, every Monday night at 9.30pm Eastern, and we take you beyond the trailer park and bring the conversation to life. Join us live on YouTube and participate in the conversation via the Q&A system, or catch us later on Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, and Nobex. Visit www.beyondthetrailerpark.com for links to the show and our upcoming schedule. Bring your wine and sweet tea and settle in for fun facts and free thinking. We happily wear the explicit tag, though, so make sure to wash out your mouth with something tasty before listening. That's live at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Come give us a like and a share, no matter what type of accent you have. Just, just think about the Muslims at this moment who are blowing themselves up, okay, convinced that they are agents of God's will. There is absolutely nothing that Dr. Craig can, can say against their behavior in moral terms, apart from his own faith-based claim that they're praying to the wrong God. If they had the right God, what they were doing would be good on divine command theory. Now, I'm obviously not saying that all the Dr. Craig or all religious people are psychopaths and psychotics, but this to me is the, is the true horror of religion. It allows perfectly decent and sane people to believe by the billions what only lunatics could believe on their own. If you wake up tomorrow morning thinking that saying a few Latin words over your pancakes is going to turn them into the body of Elvis Presley, you have lost your mind. But if you think more or less the same thing about a cracker and the body of Jesus, you're just a Catholic. All right, so our next guest is none other than the hostess, or one of the hostess, anyway, from the Beyond the Trailer Park. She's a friend, she's a snappy dresser and a snazzy dancer, even when she punches herself in the ribcage. Deb <laughs> McTaggart, thank you so much for joining us at Left of the Valley. You're very welcome. Happy to be here. Yeah, we're so glad to have you back. Always good to have you back. It's been a while. Yeah, I guess it has, remember it has that, been a while. It has been a while, but me, that's all right. Remember that time we brought her on CIVL radio and we had her explain to us what a glory hole was? That was hilarious. <laughs> that was absolutely hilarious. And she totally did. She, she did. totally did. 
Live on radio, that was great. <laughs> Why wouldn't I? <laughs> I? That would have been so entertaining to watch and to listen to. Oh, we, we had the hey, it's too bad you guys don't have video. I could show you my um, water bottle collection. Oh, God. I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> Deb, uh, for maybe some of our listeners that missed that show with you, maybe you'd be so kind to give us a quick bio as to who you are and what your show is about. Sure. Well... I am one of three uh, co-hosts of our main show, Beyond the Trailer Park. Um, My other two ladies are um, Beth and Morgan. And we get together once a week, and sometimes we have guests, and sometimes we do go ourselves. And we just talk about anything that we want to talk about in regards to secularism. It's usually to do a secularism, atheism, um, you know, picking at weird cults or you know topical news whatever we feel like so uh sometimes we have a guest to fill in the information sometimes we do our own research but we do a lot of talking so i gotta i gotta ask i gotta ask a question beyond Mm -hmm. the trailer park where did you get that title (laughs) so we are our full name is atheists on air beyond the trailer park so we are actually uh, a spin-off of a show that sadly no longer exists due to real life issues. And uh, that show was run by a great fellow who went by the name of Cash and his co-host, um, Professor Steven. Mm-hmm. And the good professor does uh, pop on our show occasionally when he has time. And uh, they they had a great show. Very folksy. They're both from North Carolina. And uh, one of the favorite parts of their show was a piece that Cash did. And it was the the goings-on in a little place called the Catfish Creek Trailer Park. And the person giving, talking about what was going on was Pastor Lee Roa, who was, uh, what did he call himself? A Baptocostal minister. A (laughs) Baptocostal (laughs) minister. Yes. And so he would he would come on and talk about the goings on in the trailer park and maybe read the church bulletin and and things like that. So we when we started the show, we wanted to pay homage to that. So we started with beyond the trailer park. Fantastic. Well, today we invited you because uh, we received a letter uh, several weeks ago, um, and um, Christina had a chance to answer to it, but it was a uh, one of our listeners named Daryl, and we wanted to talk about relationships and interaction between men and women, sexual abuse and stuff like that, because Daryl uh, reached out to us and he said that uh, he loves the show and he listens to us and all that, but he's a big guy. He, he says, yeah. if I remember correctly, he says that he's like something like 6'5", you know, close to 300 pounds. He's a big, big boy. And he says, you know, he says, uh, unfortunately, he has the issue that sometimes he walks into an elevator and there's a little woman there and she naturally kind of cowers away and she's scared. And he's trying to ask for advice on how to put these women at ease and I've asked Christina to answer to that by the time Nancy and Kirsten weren't here well, they're here with us today and I thought why not bring you in as well because you've been on that side maybe you guys can give some great advice to Daryl 
And I'm definitely not six foot five. That's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> Neither one of them. Well, all three. Of, there's nobody in this room no. that's six foot five. No, so. he, he's a he's a big big yeah. boy, and I can understand the the issue, right? I mean, well, put, even, it, put it this way: I can still walk under a volleyball net <laughs> <laughs> without crouching. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, that's okay. My aunt was so small; she had to get on her tippy toes to spill on the floor. <laughs> so I thought I, I, since I have you three ladies here I thought you guys could address this letter from Dale because this has been bugging me and we had Christina answer and I felt that even though he said that he felt that we answered this, the, the question I didn't think it was a good enough answer so I really want to get through this to answer Dale how we have women of different generation here and, and how you guys would tackle this and you know what it'll probably help guys all over the place because I feel I'm in the same boat half the time I mean I'm I'm not I'm not a monster but I am fairly large and you know even me I walk into an elevator and sometimes you know they just you can see the the woman she just goes into the corner right away like I'm gonna jump her or something it's like no and I, I imagine it happens in any sort of secluded space like yes you know if you happen to be walking in a in a street that's late at night or mm-hmm. um a, a deserted corridor somewhere at, at a workplace maybe or places like that too and, and i feel that's important for guys to realize that because i think there's a whole dimension of what women go through that most men don't realize the idea mm-hmm. that it seems to me that a lot of women live in a constant world of fear just by the way they're walking down the street and stuff like that and i really want to have your advice from all you three ladies today about how we should try to minimize that from our, from our male's perspective. Yeah, what and, we can and do. It's a good thing he asked because there aren't that many guys that are as aware. As no, I think most of us aren't. Because mm-hmm. women generally don't talk to other people about their fears of being alone in a dark place or walking from the 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 Walmart to the end of the lot to get into their car or walking mm-hmm. through a, a yeah. parking garage uh, mm-hmm. that even in the middle of the day is not well lit or in a building where you're going past a lot of different corridors or in the, the stairwell. We're just attuned to, uh-oh, you know, I, I better really be careful, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and be aware of where I yeah, am. Yeah, I definitely would say I'm very cautious. I wouldn't say yeah. necessarily there's like... I'm scared of what might happen, but like yeah. I'm very cautious about. I would agree what with might. that. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel scared necessarily, but I learned a long time ago that being aware of your surroundings is very, very important. So, and you think of um, if you ever watch nature shows and they talk about prey animals like mm-hmm. bunnies and stuff yeah and that that's kind of how they operate they they are just always sniffing the air and kind of making sure that there aren't any threats around yeah and uh, deb was on the uh, our friend robert stanley's show mm-hmm. uh was it a, a month ago or something like that and was talking yes. with matthew as well about this uh, uh past uh, negative sexual encounter i should say or Mm-hmm. experience well, I, I was i was molested as a child yeah okay yeah. and and robert pointed out you know he pointed out that you know for example and i'll, I'll paraphrase what he said and i completely agree with what he said you know if i if i walk out in the middle of the night like right now if it was the middle of the night i could walk out with not even clothes on and i would not really be afraid of being attacked 
maybe you'd be arrested by the by the cops, but <laughs> that's something else. But you know, it never actually crosses yeah. my mind that I'm gonna get jumped unless I come across a group of several several individuals that are looking really shady. Mm-hmm. But besides that, it never ever crosses my mind. I think most guys don't understand that that women always yes. have that on their mind. Well, and and to me, the sad part is is that's a born of necessity, but it's also born out of that whole. Well, what did you do to yeah. cause that to happen? Narrative, yeah. Which we we need to get away from that big time, because that's. I mean, it's one thing to be self aware and to just be generally. Um, you know, a protective of yourself because everybody does that to some degree. Like everybody looks both ways when they cross the street, hopefully. And if you don't, you but, should. Exactly. <laughs> but we need to get away from this idea that the onus of women to not be abused is to uh, is on us. Yeah. Like that we that we have to take all the precautions because we're women. That that's the part that irks me about it yeah it does it does me too and it's almost as though at this point culture has drummed it into our dna and it's really tough to overcome it because it's well what were you doing out at two o'clock in the morning in that parking lot to begin with well what what were you wearing you mean you you were wearing a short skirt well why were you wearing something so revealing well why didn't you ask somebody to help there's no way for a, a, a lot of women to uh, to just to, to just say it wasn't my fault you know i wasn't the actor i i was the victim here you yeah. know and it's a double victimization mm-hmm. you know to and, now have to find yourself I, for being human and being in a place where some predator it looks at you with hungry eyes and decides to pounce well and, and i forget am i allowed to swear on this show you can't fucking swear here <laughs> All right, because I have long said you mentioned you know Robert saying that you know he could walk outside naked. Well, a woman should be able to walk down the street buck naked with a tramp stamp that says "fuck me" and not be molested. Yeah, like that's that's the level that we need to be at. Exactly, but she would be sued for false advertising, though, right? Well, maybe. <laughs> well, Deb, do you think that in the new Me Too um, enlightenment that we seem to be in now, that more women uh, mothers are taking uh, the time to be able to, and fathers, I don't want to be sexist here, do you think that there's more education for young boys now in terms of how to treat women so that maybe in another generation, um, the women are not going to be in the same position that we find ourselves in? I think it's going to take longer than a generation. And I say that as a, as a, a studier of history for my entire life. Um, it's so ingrained in our historically patriarchal societies. I think it's going to take a little more time than that. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with that. For I sure. think we've, we've turned the corner. And I think that the the idea 
is becoming more and more acceptable and people are starting to do it. But I think it's going to be several generations before we get to where we need to be. But if I, I can ask that to Nancy and Deb because you guys are old enough. I can't ask that to Kirsten because she was barely a twinkle. At the, uh, but if you compare, for example, to the ni- 1980s, we are doing better than we were back then, are we not? <sighs> I would I, think maybe, so. in, maybe in some ways, but I don't know with if a rape case is is now in court. Um, I know that some judges are still looking at the rapist as well. We can't really, you know, prosecute you because well, there's not uh, enough evidence, and we don't want to ruin your whole career. Yeah. Or, so that's still going look at on. Kavanaugh, they literally uh, said, "Well, should we ruin this man's yeah, life exactly. because of something he did when he was 17?" Yes. Yeah. We should. Well, I don't think he would have ruined his life anyway, right? I mean, he wasn't on trial. Because all the worst thing that could have happened to him at that point was that he didn't get the plum job that yeah, he wanted. Exactly. Although I have been told that there is no statute of limitations in Maryland for rape. So there is or was at least the possibility that he could have been prosecuted. But I mean, come on. I, I doubt that would have gotten much of any traction. No, but I think, you know, guys indulge in that because they realize that it's a lo- it's low risk because yes. they know that there's nobody there's nobody there except the woman who who can tell the story and they and can tell all, a much more compelling All they story. have to do is make her out to be a slut and Exactly. No. Or drunk. Then, or a combination of both. And the thing that that gets me that supposed scholars and learned people don't get is just because she may have said yes to a lot of other people doesn't mean that she would say yes to this asshole. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so if if we're gonna if we're gonna answer Daryl once and for all about yes. him going to a place there and he's a big big guy. And uh, he walks into the elevator and he sees one of you ladies there. And you're obviously <laughs> in awe of this man's size. Is there anything you would recommend Daryl do to put you at ease? Body language wise? Should he? You know? I, I see. I have to say because I have because I learned early that bad shit happens. Mm-hmm. I learned um, a long time ago how to carry myself and and interact with people so I would not feel intimidated in that situation um, because I've learned how to to like for instance I would probably start a conversation with him and and I would probably make eye contact but not not in a way that could be misconstrued as flirting but in a way of I'm here I see you I I'm in your space and I'm not intimidated by you because the well and here's something that he can keep in his mind people who target other people for um, sexual assault or mugging or what have you they want the easy target they want somebody who's not gonna they think is not gonna give them a lot of trouble mm-hmm. so if if a woman is looking really shy and you know kind of cowery and all of that 
I mean, just maybe a, a friendly smile. Um, just, uh, you know, uh, it's hard to say, though, because I'm not I, I'm not intimidated in that situation. I don't know. Girls, what say, you... it is hard to say, because as soon as I start putting a friendly smile, babies start crying. <laughs> well, that's just you, Kevin. But I, I think posture, I think body language yes. means means yes. a lot. And I think Absolutely. if and even, you know, even so, when you walk in, you know, as a as a woman who who either feels confident or not, when you walk into a small space with a large guy, you still are going to, you know, say, uh-oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to be a little aware. There, there are very few people, I think, that would feel 100% confident. But from Daryl's point of view, whether or not the woman is feeling confident or not, he wants to create a, a safe yes. space. So yeah. I think yeah. a smile and a loose posture and, yes. um, you know, Good morning. You know, mm-hmm. how are you this morning? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Or are you going to the sixth floor with me? So a woman realizes, uh oh, you know, where's this guy going and so forth. But just kind of anything that he can do naturally that's not forced just to kind of say, I'm a relaxed guy and I'm okay. Well, no, no offense to you ladies, but from a man's point of view, you are not easy to read. A lot of the, a lot of women are really not easy to read. Yeah. I mean, I can even tell of you uh, of an experience I had. I remember what this one time, this girl, and I was working out at the gym and she was absolutely flirting with me big time, big time. And I, for some reason, she made a 180. As I approached her, she would, cower away and i thought okay is she playing with me here or she or she oh she actually afraid until i at some point she she was kind of stuck in a corner there and she was smiling but it's like at that point i didn't know what to do it's like okay do i approach her at this point or do i walk away i could not tell i really could not tell and i think a lot of guys find themselves in these situations where you know he didn't mean to do anything wrong but he did probably harass her but it was never meant as such you know? So I, to me, I would say just ask. Like, yeah. look, you know, I I got the feeling that we we were having a connection here, but now I I sense that you you might be a little nervous. Um, am I am I reading it wrong? If so, I have no problem. But I just want to be on the same wavelength. Well, I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate again here for a second yep. to push back against you, ladies. Because let's face it, guys speak literally, but most women speak metaphorically. You know, even if I, I rarely get a straight answer out of a woman to begin with. Hey, that's true. I, I'm I'm a very literal kind of person, actually. In yeah, that but I wasn't flirting with you, Deb. So. Yeah. yeah, well, well, I could, but I mean, I mean, my my best my best advice is just always play it cool, as though there's nothing more going on than maybe the beginnings of a friendship, and yeah. take it from there. Because you know you can't go wrong with holding yourself back and just acting like the nice guy, brother, friend, cousin, whoever, you know, that's visiting and it's going to be over with, you know, in in a short period of time. I think that's the best. And and then if things progress where there is a connection, where you can, you know, have coffee or do whatever, then, you know, see where it goes. But in general, if you don't know how you're going to be perceived, be, be perceived in the in the in the uh, the least threatening way possible. I, I, Very relaxed, I think, open. I think it's just difficult for guys to realize. You know, is she afraid of being chased, or she wants me to chase her? 
And the, the, right. This kind of body language does not translate very well. Don't chase. Well, well, yeah, but if she wants you to chase her, then what, right? Well, but then you're, but you're, but then you're putting the responsibility on somebody else to determine your behavior. You're in charge of your behavior, which is, I would like to be perceived in a neutral way so that I don't get myself in trouble. I in totally the understand that, but you do, you do also understand a lot of women are still liking the old-fashioned way of having him make the first step, right? Having him come to her. Yes. And society has and, made that kind of hard. Exactly. Society has made that kind of hard yeah. now. And that's where sometimes you just got to say, look, I know this may not be the most romantic approach, but um, can we talk exactly what you're thinking here? Can we just be a little <laughs> yeah. bit literal? Or would you like to go? Would you like to go for coffee? And you know, let's have let's have. Uh, you know, I see there's we, we could probably have a pretty neat conversation if you're if you're available. I mean, if you do that, that's better than you know suddenly you know thinking that yeah she really wants me to chase, so I'm gonna give her as good as she's giving me. Yeah, but I think, I think people like myself and like Daryl are in this, this situation where it's like. Unless you have a complete straight answer, yes, chase me, you really don't know, right? And at that point, you're, you're almost rolling the dice, right? You say, okay, do yes. I take the chance of doing this? And the consequences Which, can be dire. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just it. And I think that's a situation where an enthusiastic yes is what you want to look for. Mm-hmm. So and I would say rule of thumb would be if you're not sure, then, you know, don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's the risk of being misunderstood, you know, um, by people, even though you're you're an innocent bystander, mm-hmm. so to speak. You just have to, you know, realize I, I, I don't want to create anything yeah. um, that uh, that that um, will, will result in consequences. So but that's difficult. It really is because telling- you're, you're trying to think of your role and her role and what society says and so forth. So you've yeah. got all this going on and trying to overthink what might be just, hey, let's go for coffee. So we are telling men right now that despite your natural instinct to chase her and despite the fact that she might want you to chase her, you're better off to play it safe and not. I think yeah. that's that what a we're call. Saying? Is that what we're saying to men here? I think that's a call that the man needs to make is do you want to pursue that or do you not want to pursue that some of what his comfort zone is too but i i personally would say hold off and be sure yeah, I, I think I think the same thing. And you know, maybe going back to the coffee thing, if you think that something positive, you know, is going on, if you even say, "I've got time for a cup of coffee. Would you like to join me?" If she says yes or no, you've got kind of a clue as to what's going on. Yeah. No, um, thanks, but no. The other question would be, well, maybe some other time, and you leave it open. But at least you offer some non-threatening you yeah. know, time to spend, and then you gauge what the reaction might be. That, and that, that say seems like it says, might. What do you think, Deb? Yeah, I was going to say, and if she says no, like, but in a way that you're like, well, 
is she saying no because she's actually doesn't have time or is she saying no yeah. because I'm reading this wrong wait a while and ask again but this but when you ask again maybe say hey um, I'm having coffee with a couple of friends there you, go. Would you like to join us yeah that might work I, I think I, I think the third time somebody tells you no, take it as yeah. they're not interested. Maybe the second yep. time. Maybe the second time. But sometimes that takes Depends more subtlety note. than guys are, you know, always yeah. tuned into. Yeah, but. yeah you, women are much more subtle than men in many, many ways. And guys have a tendency to just speak their mind indirectly yeah. at that. Uh, it, it certainly doesn't make it easy. Um, so, so. Yeah. Are there signs that you women spot on men, you know, maybe as the guys can take note as a no-no, as that, you know, that automatically triggers your creep uh, aversion? You know, like, for example, a guy walks in, he's got Crocs. That's, that's horrible. Way too friendly. Way too friendly. I know for... Uh, Damn, that sucks. That's like me right there. Oh, no, but, but there's like, your way of being friendly is just having a an interesting conversation i'm talking about like the guy like for instance um i used to work uh about a block away from where i lived at the time and i always worked afternoons because i'm a night owl so i'd always be walking home after midnight and I, I can think of one time when it doesn't help that the area that I walked through was where a lot of sex workers would work as well. But this one guy, he follows me and he's ta- he's being friendly and nice. And, oh, come on. You want it? Let's go have a drink. But I could tell that, you know, he was he'd been drinking mm-hmm. and he was talking a mile a minute and it was all like, oh, come on, let's go have a drink. Let's go have a drink. And I'm like, I'm tired. I don't know this guy. You know, I'm like, no, thank you. And so, and it, like I said, he didn't say anything threatening. His demeanor was very friendly. He was quite relaxed because I think he'd had several beers before he got out there. But there was just, he was overt overly like oh come on you'll have fun you'll enjoy it you really come on let's go have a drink kind of trying to like pressure a little bit but like like, in a friendly manner yeah like that's what i mean by too friendly like oh come on you know like not not listening too friendly Mm -hmm. kind of thing i guess would be a better way to put it Mm -hmm. And, and that's a good one too like not listening to what you're saying Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, a good point. And, and some guys, some guys, in in an innocent way, are touchy feely, where they'll come up, put their arm around you. And, oh. How you doing, hun? Don't get you me know, started on that. Because you see, I think that's a cultural thing. It is. They think it that it, it is. is. And whether yeah. it's how you doing today, hun, or you know, you're really looking good today, and they mean it innocently, or maybe not. You talk about a trigger. <laughs> that's a trigger. See, yeah. See, this is so funny because I'm obviously from a different culture, right? I'm French Canadian, right? So everybody knows that. See, I grew up that as soon as you met somebody of the opposite sex, even if you didn't know her or him, uh, it was kiss, kiss on the cheek, right? Mm-hmm. And even sometimes you even one third there was even a kiss on the lips. So, so it was it was never anything sexual about it. Yeah. It was just a, hey, how you doing? Smooch, smooch. You know, hi, hi. I'm Kevin. Blah blah. And uh, what's your name? I'm Julie. Yeah. And but as soon as I moved here to the West Coast. This was just my natural inclination. 
So thank goodness my brother stopped me because, oh, by the way, this is Lisa. Oh, hi, Lisa. And I just about leaned in. And my brother stopped me because he said, you don't do this here. Because he had arrived here a couple of years before. And he, as soon as he did that, he was essentially slapped in the face and just about thrown in jail for for uh, sexual assault. Yikes. Yeah, I think it is a little bit cultural, but I know like when I'm at work and I have like there's a guy there for one thing don't crowd the woman I do not appreciate being crowded um and like they'll just be I'm sure they're just being like open and friendly like I'm working and they're the customer and whatnot so I kind of have to be friendly okay well if it's a, it's a, it's a worker versus customer relationship I can understand that but when you come up and like if they put their hand on my shoulder or something like that. I'm like, all right, a slight touch on the shoulder. It's like, I'm not comfortable with it, but it's gone. It's done. But when the guy This tries, is a customer. This is a customer. Okay. I've had this happen multiple times. It's usually older men. Okay, okay. I, I get that. I get that. And there was one time But if where, it's me. If it's you, I don't have a problem because I know you. I know you're not okay. doing anything. I have no problem giving you a hug or whatever. Yeah, we hug all the time. But We're like, right now. if there's a complete stranger and they like go to touch me, it's like, that's not okay to just go and touch somebody that you don't know mm -hmm. um, or people that are just close they don't understand personal space yeah and too close like so i always try and keep and a buffer between me and the customer see that that personal space that personal bubble thing that that to me sounds like an american thing and it sounds like it's something that us canadians many canadians have adopted but it seems like you know, like a very american thing stay out of my bubble thing well, it it depends on the person. Yeah. Like it does, I, I it doesn't particularly bother me that much. Um, it, it would depend on who's getting too close to me. Mm -hmm. So if it's somebody on say public transit who maybe should have had a shower this morning, um, <laughs> you know, I'm like, ooh, you know, can you stand back like three feet? But if it's you know, somebody that I'm mildly acquainted with or whatnot, and I'm stuck in an elevator with a bunch of people, like, whatever, I can't, I'm not going to worry about that. Or um, I know in the past, um, like, I, I used to be a customer service trainer, so I was teaching adults, and sometimes you're trying to show them something maybe on their screen or whatnot and you do kind of have to get in close to run their mouse or whatever yeah. and so in that instance i would say that's where you kind of ask permission like is it okay if i come in beside you and use your mouse for a minute <laughs> and if it's not then you find a way around it. Because That's the best pickup people... line I heard. Can I use your mouse? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and... it's, 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 it's tricky. It's tricky to negotiate, Deb, because I've been in situations where um, uh, either I or, or someone that I'm with or, or a situation that I've observed where people are talking and I'm not... I'm not really aware. I mean, it's it, it, you're you're within what I would consider to be sort of a, a comfortable distance, and yet the other person who is a hundred percent of the time a woman will suddenly put her hands up and say, "You're in my space," and I have. 
I understand where she is. I understand that sometimes it takes a lot of bravery to do that, that her past experiences have maybe caused her to feel a sense of panic if Mm -hmm. someone gets too close, whether it's a man or a woman. So on the one hand, emotionally and intellectually, I understand it. On the other hand, emotionally and, 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 and physically, it's, wait a minute, what kind of a wacko is this person mm-hmm. to suddenly, you know, say, I'm not comfortable with people this close. Yeah. What is her problem? Yeah. And I can honestly not resolve those two feelings of I understand it and what's her problem? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I get like that sometimes, too. Like, I'm a very um, outgoing person. And I have um, family and friends who are very intimidated by, like, crowds of people or just bunches of people that they don't know. And I remember um, a couple of years ago during Pride in Toronto when Trudeau was there, and it was, like, the biggest crowd they'd ever had. And I had um, some relatives with me that... They, you know, they're trans and and they're, you know, only coming out within like three years. So they're still sort of navigating that. And that was their first big um, outdoor thing. And I'm having the great time weaving in and out and around people. And and they were like, I we they had a, a significant other with them and they were like, we need to go somewhere away from people Mm -hmm. Mm. and I'm thinking my first reaction like that in my head is but I thought you were having fun and they were but what we were doing weaving down the middle of church street trying to get somewhere in this massive crowd they they couldn't they they'd had enough they needed to get away from that situation and, and decompress and just not be enclosed with people like that yeah and it wasn't that anyone had done anything it was just too much overload for them absolutely Uh yeah and whereas me it doesn't phase me one iota i could have been bobbing and weaving in between people for hours yeah well it probably sort itself out as we become more uh, aware of you know how other people react to to closeness or distance or yeah. energy positive energy yeah. or or um, it's not negative energy it's just more of a protective energy yeah I, I guess but it's mm-hmm. uh, it's not easy to be able to tell someone else how to to deal with those kind of situations when they're not really as aware yeah uh, and as self-aware. Right. Okay. I know. Um, I know one thing that I will do if some if I find like again at work because that's where I deal with it the most is if somebody is getting kind of close, I'll take a step away. So it's very it's subtle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it's if you like I will like I'll take a step away. So it's we're at a more comfortable distance for me. I'm still interacting. I'm still helping the customer. I'm not like being like, whoa, hey, like enough's enough. Uh The only time I really did that, and even then I didn't say anything, was when a customer came up, uh, it was when I was outside and put his arm around my shoulders and I took a step away that was probably about a good two feet. Uh 
I just took a giant step away. Didn't like I kept up with like the conversation, whatever. But I'm it's a very non subtle step of like that's not okay. You totally missed the opportunity to do a nice good arm bar on him. That would have been so sweet. <laughs> no, I think that's I think that's a perfect way to handle it. I really because do. if yeah yeah. If you want to continue, if you want to call me out on that, go right ahead. I'm at work. I have a lot of people here that will back me up. All I did was take a step away because you were getting too close. I'm calling you out. You should have done an arm bar. (laughs) I don't want to get fired. Yeah. Self-defense. Self-defense here. No, I think that that sends that sends a message. A message that sends sends a message. Exactly, and it, it does it. You know, yep. with not there, there, there's no question, and it doesn't create anything negative. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that that might start a bad conversation yeah. that you that you don't want. But it doesn't. It negates. It doesn't. Check. Whether on it was just like a friendly, just a natural like touch yeah. on the shoulder, or you're trying to be like creepy or weird. Any of that, it covers kind of all of that. I'm taking a step away. I'm not comfortable with that closeness. I'm going to step away. (laughs) And what what you're saying about, you know, how it's tricky to navigate a lot of that, uh, this stuff. I think we, in, in historically speaking, we've evolved to be used to being able to look at a person and kind of know most of the important stuff about them Mm -hmm. and not have to really work that hard on a one-to-one you know like if you're if you're meeting somebody in the elevator we don't think of needing to sort of assess that person as an individual Mm -hmm. we we look at them as oh it's a dude it's a big dude, so he's probably like this. Um, and I think, you know, over time, we're starting to get away from that. And yeah. I think that's a good thing where we have we need to start to get used to viewing every interaction with another person as a separate thing. Like we can't. Yeah look at somebody and just assume stuff about them because of how they look. We need to get away from that. Like, um, I I was a goth back in my, the day. You were a goth? And, oh, yeah. Oh, I am so picturing that right now. Oh, my God. That is so awesome. <laughs> and, and I was fortunate that I worked in the antiques business where – people really kind of like quirky people they expect that and so i could be like mostly like i wouldn't put club makeup on necessarily but you know i could get away with a lot and i always used to dress up like queen victoria on victoria day and stuff like (laughs) that and and that was cool but then as i got older and i started collecting tattoos and stuff like that and people like wow how are you gonna get a job like that well look around now you see people with facial piercings and lots of tattoos and you know funky colored hair and working with the public Whereas 20, 30 years ago, mm-hmm. people would be like, well, you'll never get a job if you dye your hair purple because mm-hmm. who would hire that kind of thing? It's like, you know, that old um, song, long haired people need not apply. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 60s. I forget who sang that, but but it's it's an attitude I think we need to get away from. We need to be able to. You know, when you're when you're interacting with a person, realize that you can't make us any assumptions about them. 
and that you've pretty much got to start from scratch on every person and glean what you can in the amount of time that you're interacting. Oh, that's 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 really true. But looking at it, you know, from Daryl's getting back, getting back to Daryl, getting Darryl. back to Daryl. You know, you can you can be goth. I can have tattoos all over my body and my head shaved with tattoos on the on, on the shaven side and I can get into an elevator and most people will think oh god she's freaking crazy you know but they're not going to perceive me as as a threat to their well-being Daryl can get on as a hell's angel with his piercings and his shaved head mm-hmm. and I can get on and think uh oh you know, is yeah. he a threat to me or not a threat? Now, Dar- the Hell's Angels guy has a perfect right to be that way. Yeah. Whatever he's doing, however his lifestyle is, he has a right to do that. But how can I look at him and say, oh, freedom of expression, neat, rather than uh, how many floors is it going to take before he grabs me by the throat? Yeah. And that's, you, my, you, that's maybe my problem. Yeah. And it's going to take a long, you know, road of, of re-education and, and it's not going to happen with everybody now because yeah. Yeah. No, we've, there's we've, lots of people out there that can't even look at a trans person without yeah. having a conniption. We've, yeah. always, we've, we've all grown with the natural instinct that whatever is strange, that's where you get stranger, you know, bad. or whatever is different, right, is bad. So yep. this, this, this is why Nancy's also so good at being an assassin because nobody suspects her, right? <laughs> yeah. she, she just walks into the elevator and says, oh, gee, she's four foot ten. Uh, she's not going to kill me. <laughs> Boom, then you're dead. Oh, man. Well, one of my, uh, our former co-host of ours, Miss um, Ashley, who's out of uh, Savannah, Georgia, she's uh, what is she four foot nine, and you do not want to mess with her. <laughs> well, excuse me for saying this, but I've heard the saying: uh, short people are closer to hell. <laughs> we are. We are. One last, one last question, ladies: um, Is do you think that in this brave new world and this this new form of society, and if we we're going to express, you know, freedom of expression and not think of people as necessarily be terrifying, that women need to step up and be more assertive as to how they feel instead of letting us guess? Do you think women also have a tad of responsibility in this? as you know to be able to express that this is how they feel at this point i'll, I'll give you a quick example for you remember remember sarah and nancy you know she she would used to complain to me that she could never get a word edgewise in a conversation with, <laughs> with guys um, but at the same time if we because you know guys would just jump in with their point and she said she was too shy to jump in with her point but at the same time if we were to stop the conversation to give her a chance to speak she would find that condescending so you see, you're damn if you do, you're damn if you don't, right? Yeah. So do women have a bit of a responsibility here to be a bit more aggressive, a bit more assertive, to actually butt in if I, if I, if I, if I say, say aggressive, well, but yeah, I think assertive is, yes. is yeah. Good. And to get rid of that notion that there's a specific way a woman's supposed to act and mm-hmm. carry herself, that's bullshit from... Yeah. You know, I know I'm certainly not that. No, hell no. Me. 
No, no, I think I think we're really getting there because I was a child of the fifties and a child of the fifties, especially a woman, you you lived by certain rules. You lived by the crinoline skirt. You lived by your husband is the head of the the household and you can work as long as it doesn't interfere with putting his dinner on the table and you respect your husband's work hours and the stress and so forth and there wasn't the same reciprocal understanding of what a a woman's role was so being assertive you were bossy now there are some situations in some families where there was a lot of equality but generally the woman of the 50s was passive or passive aggressive but you didn't insert yourself unless you were in a certain profession and had to do so professionally. And we've come a long way from that, but we still are a little bit clueless as to how to go about that and still maintain good relationships. So yes, we need to assert ourselves. I mean, back when my daughter was growing up, I took her to karate lessons so that if she had to assert herself, she could do so physically as well as verbally. Mm -hmm. I know. Yeah. And But it's 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 Deb was saying it's not going to take a generation. But these are the generation. This is the generation now that is much more tolerant mm-hmm. of, yeah. of different behaviors than than they were before. They're, they're starting to get it. Yeah, they're, they're starting, starting to get it. There's hope for this. Yeah. Well, Daryl, I sure hope we finally managed to. I know you said you we answered your question, but I really wanted to get everybody uh, a chance to opine. Uh, on the subject. I sure hope we did that. Uh, Deb, thank you so much for joining us today on the show. I oh, really appreciate welcome. this. You're welcome. And a quick quick little uh, vignette back in my goth days. I used to party in downtown Toronto a lot. And my family is uh, a bunch of uh, Southern Ontario rednecks oh, from the farm. <laughs> oh. So my mother was all like, aren't you scared to walk around Toronto in the middle of the night? I'm like, ma, I'm with all the people everybody's afraid of. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Deb, I love you. That's great. That's brilliant. Deb, before I let you go, take a minute there to talk about your show and uh, plug yourself. Be shameless, my dear. Yeah, sure. So we're uh, beyond the trailer park. We're uh, Monday's evenings at 7 30 p.m eastern most of the time um actually this week is a little different we are actually going to be tomorrow at 7 30 p.m eastern that's sunday because our guests who we've had on a couple times and i always rag on him he's always busy on monday so we always have to shuffle everything around for him but... <laughs> oh we know somebody like that too yeah, but we uh, we're gonna do an update on the um, Iglesia Ni Cristo Church, and if you guys have followed, there was a the Fifth Estate just did a piece on them um, last week, and um, the fellow actually is out in BC, I think, uh, the fellow who escaped from the Philippines and the church and was granted refugee status in Canada because they're pretty sure the church was trying to kill him. So um, our friend Joe uh, used to be a member of the church, so he has a, a, a good insight. We're going to do an update on what's happening with all of that. Ooh, sounds great. So the show is Beyond the Trailer Park. Yeah. 
Yes. Excellent. And also, I, I do... Now, I haven't updated it in a while because it's terrible. But I do a little thing called Full Quranic where I read the Quran where you, so you don't have to. And trust <laughs> me, you don't want to. But uh, there's about, uh, I think, about a third of the Quran out there of me reading it. So you can get a taste of uh, what that's like. And that's at www.fullquranic.com. So, yeah. Thank you so much, Deb. Before I let you go, again, I have you say, Hi, I'm Deborah McTaggart of Beyond the Trailer Park, and I took a left in the valley. Hi, I'm Deborah McTaggart from Beyond the Trailer Park, and I took a left at the valley. And that was Deborah McTaggart of Beyond the Trailer Park. Wow, She's such a hoot. What a great conversation. Yes. Absolutely. You know, her show is very, very different. And, you know, I've I've been, I've been appeared on her show a few times myself. And I recommend it. You know, if people want to watch something that's very different. You know, they have this uh, interesting dynamic between some Canadians and some Americans. And mm-hmm. she also does a lot of pro-Canadian um, knowledge that she spews out, especially about her politics. So you can actually learn quite a lot from her show. Yeah. Beyond the trailer park, guys. Check it out. Any any time, I mean, there when when you really have people where you can turn on the podcast and learn something and be entertained and be absolutely wowed by the depth of what they're covering in the conversation, that's always a good time. You bet. Yeah, yeah, they're good at it. Okay, thank you so much for joining us on the show today, guys, and. Uh... Thank you for uh, for following us and uh, listening. And you can follow us at leftatvalley.com. You can follow us on Facebook, on uh, Twitter, at LETV Podcasts. You send us an email at leftatvalleyatoutlook.com. Give us a five-star review wherever you find us. It really helps us and helps others find the show. And don't, but just don't follow us into an elevator. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next week, we'll be talking to Brent Lee, and a, a podcaster who, whose podcast is called Lost in Society. So that should be interesting. Uh, coming down the pipe, we'll also be talking to James Fodor, who will be talking about his book, and he who was not me mentioned, William Lane Craig. Mm. We'll also have Tom and Cecil joining us in December for uh, the last show before our, our Christmas special. Woo-hoo! And, of course, our last show of the year could be the year in review. Now, coming up next year, I'm already up there. Remember ladies from Forsaking Faith? Yes. They'll be coming back. They'll be talking to us about, uh, you know, is the Bible uh, 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 something that should be taken literally? uh, Or literature, I should say. In literature. Our friend uh, Chris, who's been doing a debate with Robert Stanley, will be taking on John the Engineer, the godless engineer, about the historicity of Jesus. Wow. And we'll also be talking about our friend, remember uh, our friend uh, Rich Lyons? We'll talk about his uh, podcast, Life After Faith. Good lineup, as yeah, always. Yeah, a yeah. great lineup. Jesus Christ, where am I going? Oh, this, this is for January. We're already looking into February at this point, so we'll be having a fun, fun time. We'll be starting the new year with a bang. We sure are. All right. Well, thank you so much, guys. Until next time. Take a sec on me and it sounds so hateful But I swear to God, pun intended I find it disgraceful That thousands of children are raped by priests And since their whole
keep it on the hush Don't wanna affect business, he loves money too much We know that they love the kids, but how the fuck can we protect them While they planning to molest them, we teaching them to respect them the system is broke down, working backwards in the only action of tactic. I plan to practice now is to attack them. The parties of God's hands are bloodstained. Millions of murders by believers, and they're all in God's name. And let me take a sec, don't mean to sound so hateful, but I swear to God, unintended, I find it disgraceful. That many atheists are told to be quiet, you're not alone. Speak your mind, time to let it be known. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen, I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims, that's something to be ashamed, I'm an atheist.